Hello, and welcome to Faculty Feed with me, Dr. Jerry Rabelais, Associate Vice President for Health Science Center Faculty Development at the University of Louisville. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Stacy Sainer, Director of HSC Faculty Development, and Dr. Laura Weingartner, Director of Research for Faculty Health Professions Education. Once a week, we're going to come together to use this podcast to bring faculty development content to feed your hunger and satisfy your appetite so you can magnify your impact as an educator, clinician, researcher, and academic leader. Well, today we're really fortunate to have with us Dr. Sharon Carrick. Uh, Sharon's an associate professor in the Department of Educational Leadership and Organizational Development at the University of Louisville. She's also an assistant vice president for the U of L Digital Transformation Center. Sharon, welcome to Faculty Feed. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. Sharon's background is that she got her bachelor's, master's, and PhD from the University of Louisville, culminating in a PhD in educational leadership and organizational development. Prior to that, though, she had a, a very varied life. And Sharon, why don't you tell us what you did before all of that? Well, before coming to academia, I am actually an entrepreneur who, with some several other folks, started a technology company back, uh, I always say, before you were born. Uh, started, Not me. <laughs> <laughs> started a technology company that did software development, uh, systems integration, which means taking PCs to mainframe and extrapolating data and doing all kinds of magical things with it, um, and also then creating different kinds of websites and uh, software, first online banking software and things like that, and wow. also doing technical training and certification back in the late 70s and early 80s. And so that was we had that company for about 20 years. And again, certifications, training, all kinds of workforce development type of uh, training. That company um, back then even trained between 11,000 and 13,000 students a year in all kinds of application, technology applications from you know word processing, word, Microsoft Word, Excel. Back in the day, it was Lotus 123 and software applications. So long history of technology, and and I always tell people, they say, well, how'd you get into technology? And I say, it's really because I'm a very lazy person, and if I can find the fastest, easiest way to do something, then I'm inspired and motivated to do that. What brought you back to University of Louisville? So after having the company for about 20 years, I had worked with the University of Louisville College of Business and Speed School. I actually was on their advisory board for several years as I had my company uh, with my other partners. And we had hired many, many, many students over the years and just really enjoyed working with the students uh, over those years. And so the uh, College of Business said, gosh, wouldn't it be great to have a young woman come teach technology as well? Fortunately, I was given the opportunity to come and teach at the business school at University of Louisville uh, back in 2001, I guess it was. And one CIS class, computer information systems class, turned into two, five, six, <laughs> and I just loved and enjoyed it so much. And then I started teaching in the entrepreneurship program and started teaching um, how people how to put together business plans, how to build the strategy, and loved that so much. Um, and then decided, okay, well, you know, I probably should finish um, my master's, and and then uh, decided I'll go ahead and get my PhD. And so, oftentimes, you know, we see out in business that really there's a chasm between um, really 
corporate America or um, our community and business people and what there actually is in the university. And I really could see the handshake between the two. I was recruited to um, Bellarmine University to be the associate dean and went over to their business school, which is um, an accredited the same as University of Louisville's business school, a high-level accreditation. It's called AACSB, which is um, a high-level um, global accrediting body. And um, I was, uh, I guess, the associate dean for maybe about six months, and then I was promoted to be the dean after that time period and uh, really loved and enjoyed work, working with the faculty and the students there. And then UofL came calling again and said, Red Rover, Red Rover, can bring Sharon back over. <laughs> and so back, back I came because uh, technology and entrepreneurship really are at the heart and passion of the things that I love and enjoy and joined what had just started as a little seedling at the university, this Digital Transformation Center. Will you tell us about the Digital Transformation sure. Center? The Digital Transformation Center uh, started, I think, in 2018 with a agreement with the IBM Corporation as a IBM Skills Academy. And there were, at that time, um, University of Louisville was the very first Skills Academy in the nation. And it was a handshake agreement whereby IBM would provide um, some training and some certification for faculty to be able to incorporate uh, artificial intelligence and some curricula that IBM had created internally that then this would now be able to be available for faculty to then embed into uh, their courses uh, for tuition-bearing uh, courses. I've always called us Silicon Holler. I've called <laughs> us that since uh, 1975, literally. You know, here in Silicon Holler, you know, I've said for so many years, you know, that those are the things that really can differentiate us and that technology really in so many different things, even in, in the digital divide, premise is that if we can put the, the hands of technology, and I, I grew up in a very poor family. My dad was in the military, and uh, I, I always thought to myself, you know, that was the advantage that I had growing up very poor was that I had technology. Um, and uh, when I came to the University of Louisville, um, I, I worked during the day for the university and went to night school because I couldn't afford to go to college. So the university, if I worked for the university, I got night school paid for, for two classes each semester. And I worked at the School of Medicine at the Child Evaluation Center right down the street here. And they got some of the very first personal computers that came into the state of Kentucky. And the IBM rep um, took an interest in me because I was so young. He, he said, you know, you're so open-minded that, you know, maybe I can teach you a few of these things and maybe you can teach the others in the group these these different things. And, and um, so I was able to take the advantage of learning on the job those different skills. And back then it was multi-plan and some other really rudimentary things. Back full circle though about the DTC is so then we had this IBM partnership and we started to really think about what are other ways that we can leverage this not only um, for our faculty and staff, but what can we do for the community and really community at large uh, that we can really help move the needle. Um, and I'm not just talking about in the Louisville area, but really uh, throughout the region um, that we can really empower and, and help 
um, you know, not just K through 12, but again, throughout, you know, if we have internet, you know, what can we do? And, and this was really actually right before the pandemic uh, that we worked with our IT group and they graciously at University of Louisville said, you know, we'll build this website because there's so many um, certifications that we started to harvest that were actually free. And so we started to build a website that had um, all these different uh, vendors, technology vendors, and we said, this is what the DTC, the Digital Transformation Center needs to be, is really a ubiquitous umbrella so that we're not just pushing one technology, that we're agnostic to whatever the technology is, that we're really teaching the premise of all different types of technology, but really what do I, what would an end user need to do to get the job done? And so with this umbrella, this agnostic umbrella, we built this website that then we started to harvest all these different tools from Google and from Microsoft and from all these other vendors um, and so came full circle with um, our vendor relationship and so that was part of what you know, I saw as my job was to go back to these other vendors and build relationship with, with them so that we could then partner and then um, push out, if you will, or push in um, all these different um, products and free training that we could then um, shepherd people, handhold people, facilitate, mentor people through this process. And so we launched our digital transformation website actually in February of 2020 and we partnered actually with the city was just getting a grant through Microsoft Future of Work and so um, with that we pushed out again with Microsoft uh, this whole premise of utilizing some of their tools free videos and then us shepherding um, because you know video and online is not for everyone and then what happens in March <laughs> then all of a sudden, you know, the world changes. The world changes. You know, here comes the, the screeching tires. You know, but I felt very fortunate that our team—not that we had any foresight, we had no insight, we knew nothing—but um, we were a little bit, tiny bit prepared, and we felt really excited about that. Then people started to hit the website, and we got really excited that you know, wow, we could do things with them. And then we had to just start, we had to start learning how to interface with them and have some kind of personal interaction with them now with video, not just, you know, turn the key and, oh, good luck, you know, hope you can, you know, drive that car, um, you know, that tutorial or that lesson or, or whatever that happened to be on those online training. Well, Sharon, that's an incredible story. The, not Do you only your personal it? story. No, I believe you. Not only your personal story of, of of the things you have done that uniquely position you to be this boundary spanner between academics and the uh, commercial world uh, around technology, but to have you back in this role and to literally launch the website the month before the pandemic hits, so that there is a some additional preparation beyond what else had been going on in terms of whatever online capability the university had. This provided a, a large repository of tools for people to immediately get. I was gonna ask you about how the pandemic impacted the DTC, but actually what you just described, it'd be more appropriate to describe how did the DTC 
impact the university's ability to respond to the pandemic, and sounds like it was a favorable thing. I think so. I think that um, the push in 2018 by the university to say, let's embed these certificates, micro-credentials, technology vendor certificates, was really going to be you know, a hard ro- road to hoe. I'm so excited that you know that actually happened. I mean, I hate to say from a sad perspective, from you know a COVID perspective, and sad for that pers- that whole sure. landscape. Um, but I will say that that has actually catapulted um, our efforts because now people seem to be much more open-minded, much more agile and flexible about understanding and allowing us the opportunity at the DTC, the Digital Transformation Center, to sit down with the faculty or sit down even with their students. And we even have ambassadors, not just throughout the university, but also throughout our community who are saying, hey, can you come into our um, civic center, whatever it happens to be, all different. Uh, we have the, the um, Bhutanese community, we have the uh, Jewish community center, we have this com- this center, that center, uh, the Louisville Central Community Center in the, the West End, who has been a tremendous advocate, who has said, you know, can you put together a um, uh, Power BI, Power Business Intelligence Analytics course for us, and we put together very quickly, and that was in uh, 2020, we put together a 12-week uh, Power BI class. 85 participants went through 12 weeks, and out of that, 35 people got all the certifications, all the certifications. Wow. And now we actually have uh, four out of that group that are now trainers that can now perpetuate and they're the multipliers. And so that is re- that has now given us another dimension and passion for the DTC, for the Digital Transformation Center, to now empower more multipliers. And so now we're on this quest to empower more multipliers because now we can have them be entrepreneurs, they can be consultants and they can create their own training and then go to different either corporations or entities and charge for that and, and you know, perpetuate, you know, a, a very much higher living wage um, for themselves, but also um, up, upskill and reskill in, in a variety of different ways throughout the community. Uh, and a lot of other communities as well. This is far, far beyond a U of L student resource, a U of L faculty resource. It, it's a community, a regional resource at this point. And you've mentioned now three or four times upskilling and reskilling. Some people may not be familiar with those terms. Can you tell us what those mean and how the DTC supports that? People that maybe have gotten, you know, a degree ten years ago, five years ago, and they're they're look they're on the job right now, and I, I'm talking about in any profession, you know, whether you're in the healthcare profession. Uh, I was even uh, thinking about, you know, I was talking to the the garbage man the other day actually, and we were talking about how they have a device on the garbage truck that maximizes the efficiency of their route for the gas consumption. And so he was showing me the analytics on the actual device, you know, on his phone for the app. And I was thinking to myself, that's a perfect example of upskill, whereby, you know, he's driven the um, garbage truck for 22 years, 
but now he's had l learned a little bit about analytics and about this um, phone app so that he, you know, he could understand about the analytics. So that would be an example of a simple example of just upskilling, you know, is just, get, you know, some simple um, retooling and, and understanding where's that data come from, how's it manipulated, and myself as an end user, regardless of, you know, what position I'm in the organization. So you've talked about the advantage for students and the advantage for the community in terms of just these upskilling, reskilling types of approaches that the DTC would offer. Much of our audience is on the Health Science Center, uh, faculty and staff. So can you speak to what, what the DTC should mean to faculty on the Health Sciences Center? I think... Um, just in preparation um, for our, you know, our, our future students, you know, our future leaders. Uh, again, we're not trying to make people programmers. Every it's not for everyone, but just having a dialogue, you know, with other people in your office, in your operating room. You know, technology is changing at rapid speed. Uh, I think it's important to just even have exposure. Um, I, I, I teach a um, once a month class actually for the Pentagon at the Army for the at uh, Fort Knox once a month, and they fly in the generals and we have I just do it once a month, and they and I'm I have them do the build a bot also and it's been eye opening for them. That's the one part they like is when I have them sit down at the keyboard and I tell them the same thing is that I'm not trying to make you a programmer. I'm trying to have get you to start thinking about. You know, what if? You know, what's what's the future? Uh, I used to love the slogan that U of L used to have: the dare to be great. You know, and I think we need to think about that as we do on the health uh, science campuses. You know, what's what's that next step of curiosity? And so, as faculty, what are we thinking about, and what are we inspiring others to think about and dare to be great? You talked about micro credentialing. Oh, yes, and badges. Um, so for someone who doesn't know what that is, could you describe that? And like, why would someone go through that process or, or want to have those? And who's looking at them? Yes. That, now, that does have some levels of um, complexity only from the perspective of the nomenclature of the words. So each one of the technology vendors uses different words of course. <laughs> for different things. So I'll start with um, a trophy might be just a, a visual um, icon, badge, like an emoji. Mm -hmm. So that might just be a trophy that you went through, you participated, and you just got a badge or a trophy, and it's really just an emoji that you just went through that class. A next level would be a micro-credential, which means you would have assessment along the way that had some competencies tied to that micro-credential that were assessed and that you had to have a certain level uh, score, usually it's 75 to 80 percent. However, if it wasn't monitored, which means you could go back during any time in that um, course and look up the answers and look for those things. Again, that micro-credential, even though it's based on competency, you know, there would not really be a check or a balance. Uh, you could pass 
the micro-credential and that micro-credential would be stored on the internet by uh, one the vendors. The legitimacy of that, you know, may be in question, but um, employers look at it that you actually went through and you did answer all the questions, you did go through that process. And then, so that's a micro-credential that has competencies tied to it. And then the, the highest level is a certification, and a certification would be then a um, proctored exam um, that might be likened to or similar to like a Sylvain or some kind of uh, um, proctored exam that um, would be online and or not. Um, where you can go back and look up the answers, you know, or, or so on and so forth uh, for that highest level of certification. Or it might even be an applied learning application that is then scored by the vendor whereby you are given a problem and, a, and you have to go through and it might take you several hours and then they have to score it and you get that highest level of certification. So you not only get a certification, they assess it for critical thinking, for competencies, um, and some other components, which are not just ABC multiple choice type answers and fill in the blank type questions, but they're more critical thinking type um, applied learning component answers, and that's the highest level, which would be a certification. In academia, we focus so much on degrees, and oftentimes we don't know what's going on outside of academia. Our, our employers looking for these uh, for students that are graduating now or for people trying to re-enter the workforce? They're looking for both. And as we start to, you know, really uh, enhance the value of a degree, uh, what we're seeing a lot of at the University of Louisville is that we're embedding these credentials within the four credit class. And so the degrees that are coming out have not only a micro-credential that says, I have Microsoft Power BI emblems, competencies, but then I also have a degree in social work, but I also have the IBM blockchain emblem. So you get both, you know, you get the workforce skills piece, um, the potential applied learning piece, but then you also have the degree. And so whereby sometimes in the university, you, you, it's criticized that you just got the degree but you don't know anything. You don't know the applied learning. Well, here we might have you know, a complementary set. And so I tell the faculty or suggest to the faculty a lot of times, I say, why don't you use some of these micro-credentials as homework? I'm just thinking of a homework. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm well, like, and like, we need... Like, data visualization one somewhere. Well, there you go. Like, let us, That's <laughs> let me right. just make a note of that. That's right. Well, and, and you know, again, um, it's, it's just the little bit extra that we're offering workforce skills married and handshake, as a handshake with, you know, again, the, the competency of a degree. And for faculty that would assign this as homework, 
they don't have to develop the curriculum. No. Which is the best part. No, no, that's the best part. The experts are developing. The experts are doing it, and it's beautiful curriculum. I mean, it's got videos. It's got the, the, the course competencies are already built in, you know, and it's modular. The test questions are already built in. The certificate that comes from the vendor has the vendor's logo on it. So that's kind of a pride factor that the students think then can put it in their LinkedIn or on their actual resume, you know, the, the, the IBM emblem or something, again, that gives them a little, um, you know, again, hopefully something that's a little bit of an advantage. And the, the Digital Transformation Center um, has training specialists that will meet individually with the faculty. So it's not up to the chair or the dean or somebody else to have to look at all these thousands of, uh, of different credentials. We'll do that for you. So we really should be taking advantage of the resources in the Digital Transformation Center to prepare students, to prepare faculty for the, the world of work. Um, and so I want to I tie back to a book I just finished last week. It's called Reframing Academic Leadership. It was published last year. And it speaks to the need for academic leaders to consider reframing their offerings. This is going to sound pretty familiar, right? Because you've been doing this. Because universities are under many challenges. So over the past 10 or 15 years, public funding for public universities has dropped. This has forced them to raise tuition, making it priced out of range for many students. Um, The rise in alternatives to post-secondary education continue to come through. The dramatic acceleration of online learning that we saw with the pandemic was preceded for a long time by places like Southern New Hampshire University and Western's Governor's University. And thank goodness there's a Sharon Carrick and a DTC at the University of Louisville that helps the University of Louisville compete in this marketplace where there are so many other things that a student coming out of high school or someone who's been working for 10 years and wants to reskill into something else or upskill something to uh, complement their current job, thank goodness there's something like this. Is there anything you haven't said that you'd like to say to the audience about how the DTC does this or its advantages? I think what I'd like to say is that I would, I would challenge every person. I, I even challenge myself, so I, I eat my own dog food, you know, on this kind of stuff, <laughs> is that I make myself even do badges and certificates, and I have a plethora of them. And I don't have to. Right. It's not a requirement for me to do it, but I, I make myself do a badge, a trophy, or a certificate also. And I even forced myself to go get certified as artificial intelligence train-the-trainer, um, and it was hard. It was hard. And I thought to myself, well, I won't say how old I am, but I, I thought to myself, why am I doing that? <laughs> you know, and, you know. It'll it, keep you young, though. That's right. It'll keep right? me young. But, you know, what I would challenge um, the li- listeners and people to do, and we're here to help you do this, is try to set one goal for yourself to do one badge, it, just one. I mean, you'll grow new you're a doctor. You're a real doctor. I'm a pretend doctor. Is it'll grow new synoptic nerve endings. Is you will be surprised 
you know, that, you know, something new that you can learn and maybe you will then apply it, but you'll see kind of the connectivity, especially artificial intelligence all around you um, and how much you will recognize how much it's so applied in our world today. Try one badge. We'll even put one out there, at, maybe as the challenge sure. yeah, that'd be uh, great. for you guys to do, and and even you know send even do a drawing for some some free gear, and it won't just be a, a crappy pen. <laughs> okay. It'll be something cool. It'll be something cool, and we'll put it from you know this podcast or something. We'll, and great. and and I yeah, I've been doing this for a long time, so I know what cool stuff is, and not junk. I uh, love that part. <laughs> it's a business school. I feel like you know better than. But anyway, that's that's what I'd say is just try one, um, you know, from there and and, uh, so you can see what it is. Because if you don't do one, then it's really hard to see. And and you don't have to be the expert, even if you decide, if you're faculty listening, um, you don't have to be the expert. And I think that's what people are most apprehensive about, to put it as homework. They're afraid that someone's going to ask them a question about that homework. (laughs) You don't have to. We already have the support for it. So you put it out there as homework. There's already the support for it. All you have to see is the emblem to give the two points or whatever it is you decide is the points for that emblem or the trophy or whatever it is um, that you're going to award the points. So everyone, I will link the uh, DTC website in the show notes and I will have Dr. Sharon Carrick pick one of the badges or trophies for us to do and we will put that in the show notes as well and whoever's the first person to finish that and emails me that you have completed it you will win whatever the swag is and it's going to be cool Cool. it's going to be something cool it's not going to be junk it will not be junk (laughs) we have her guarantee so stay tuned well, Sharon, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. I learned, I thought I knew a lot about the DTC, but I learned a lot Same. from you just sitting here today about the capabilities and the resources, especially the ability for faculty to be brought in and talk to people about, here's my course, how could I enhance my course? So you don't even have to go in there and wait around in the 16,000 offerings. You can have somebody help you walk through that. That's, that's correct. just fabulous. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. It's, it's a phone call. It's a Teams meeting. You know, we, you pop up your syllabi. You don't even have to send it ahead of time. You pop up the syllabi, syllabus on the screen. We scan through it quickly. All right, I'm going to assess. challenge my people in the room here. I'm ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> you want to win the swag, right? No, no, I think, no, no, I think we all need to this coming week. Okay. Go on to the DTC site, and maybe not this badge, but pick something. Yeah. Yeah, pick and something. you've intrigued my uh, attention with the AI thing. And so I'm going to pick something Let's in pick AI. A if you AI. have a specific one for me, you send it to me, and I'll go to AI and work on it. If you want to up your game as a professional educator or to enhance your leadership skills in the academic setting, this is the place to be as together we strive to make UofL a great place to learn, a great place to work, and a great place to invest. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links and additional information from today's session, as well as our email address. Feel free to contact us at facfeed at louisville.edu That's F-A-C-F-E-E-D at louisville.edu. Join us next time for more and come hungry.